So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be about something really fucking amazing. It is gonna be about what's the world gonna look like in 50 years, which is definitely one of the questions that I'm asking myself really often and I'm also really interested in, and therefore it is gonna be a really good episode. I at least hope, quite. And I need my blankets. I need my anti-echo blankets. And maybe I do just need one. Like, it is always something that I'm thinking about. It is always something that I'm experimenting with. And I kind of feel like that I only need one, you know? Maybe just because it is a little bit easier for me. Maybe it's just because a little bit more, like, nicer for me or something. I'm not quite sure. But let's actually still just take both of them because I kind of feel like that it's making uh, things better. I don't actually know why and I don't actually, don't actually know if it is actually the case, but I kind of feel like it. So this one's going to be about what the world is going to look like in 50 years. I found a pretty great article and a bunch of articles probably. I haven't had a look at the answers, but I'm just having a look at some questions and I'm going to pick the most interesting questions and then we're going to go through the answers. And it's going to be interesting. And if you're searching for the link to the podcast, the link to my Instagram or whatever it might be, all the links should be down in the description. So please check them out if you want to. And if you're searching for something that's not in the description or in the show notes, if you're on a podcast, then please hit me up on social media or just write me an email. But social media is probably going to be better. And then I'm going to send the links to you and or the certain information you're looking for, but you weren't able to find. But yeah. Let's actually go through this article. So as you can see on the left side is from Quartz. I did know Quartz before just because I think of my Feedly feed. Feedly, by the way, is a pretty good thing, you know, because you're able to get so many different articles in one place and you can just search for them. Like for me, it is not really about reading. So I'm not going to read them in Feedly itself, but I'm going to read them on their page because when I'm reading something, it's either on my phone or it is just for the podcast. And for the podcast, I'm not going to use Feedly since it is not responsible responsible therefore is or responsive actually is it then responsible or responsible i think it's responsible isn't it the thing is um yeah anyway as you can see we're having questions here for the podcast listeners who can't obviously see it like who will run the world which country will have the most powerful economy i do kind of feel like about even though it's not a country but it's more like a continent i think africa is gonna just do really good in the future what kinds of companies will be the most important? This is going to be really interesting. What will cause the biggest conflicts? How will people earn a living? How will we communicate with each other? Which is also probably going to be different. And how will, how will we entertain one and another? And all different sorts of questions. So who will run the world? Tansina Vega says, or Vega says, woman. Cecilia Richards says, woman and people who support gender equality. And then there's actually also... Um, like a lot of people say it's going to be women or women, actually, then. It's our choice. Either big agribusinesses or org organic farmers. Now it is the time to choose. As Michael Pollan has reminded us, we vote with our forks three times a day. There's a powerful voice to, ad to advocate for the kind of food economy we want for the future, which is from Van Barber. Another one regarding money, definitely China. They have an ongoing 100-year plan for social and economical development, so they have been preparing to do it for a long time. They already present all over the world infrastructurally, and they have 
and, and there are very few people in the world who don't owe them money. Culturally, it is shifting. Hollywood doesn't have the hegemony it once did, so it's looking, f so it's looking to other continents now using the PR of increasing diversity. Ha! Huh. We should also keep an eye on Bollywood and Nollywood. I don't actually know what Nollywood is. Again, something that I'm learning as well. The quality of those films is stellar and ever increasing and the narrative more gripping and delightful by the day. In general, Africa and Asia are making real cultural moves across sectors, genres and media and that is thrilling to watch and be part of. And I think this question is also gonna be part of the question about how we're gonna entertain ourselves and all those things. I have to change it up because the cable is bothering me a little tiny bit. Um, woman, as Hang Hyang says, woman again. So it's probably actually gonna be woman. And I'm actually also looking forward to that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to just seeing the change. This is just seeing the change in culture finally. And I guess it's not gonna take long, I think. It's, it might take us like five years or ten years until there finally is fucking same income for same genders or for different genders basically and all those things like it's it's it is bothering me quite a bit because it doesn't really make any sense but i'm looking forward to it i really am i really look forward through these times maybe it's even going to be in the future that there's going to be a stigma about being a man who the fuck knows it would actually be interesting to see then like it wouldn't be good for me obviously but it's been i don't know it would really be interesting to see what it would feel like because I kind of feel like that it isn't too, well, it isn't too difficult on one hand, but it is also not really easy on the other hand to just feel like a woman, basically, in terms of the stigma around being a woman, in terms of, okay, you're not going to earn as much as a man does just for no fucking reason, and all those things. Even though I really kind of feel like that it also depends on what work, what, what company you're working in, because I... I don't know, like, there's probably going to be some companies where women are just earning as much as men do, even though you don't basically have to because of just law and all those things. But I, I don't know. I have a funny feeling that there are certain companies that are still doing that. I kind of feel about that uh, when I'm thinking about Media, for example, like Gary Vaynerchuk and whomever he's hiring. I kind of feel like that um, he's quite open about that in terms of open-minded. But let's actually have a look at the next question. And the next question is, which country will have the most powerful economy? The US without question, because of its ability to attract and supercharge the world's top talent. I'm not quite sure about that. You know, as for example, Tenzin Vega, as well says, it's going to be China. Because I also think so. I think that China is going to just really take a leap and make a leap or do a leap or whatever. And I think it's going to really increase its economical power and also its power in general in terms of the world and uh, political-wise and, and all those things. The country that harnesses the potential of women where workplaces treat pregnancy, family leave and affordable childcare as essential to the well-being of the workforce and the growth of the company. Uh, we need to shift from our obsession with power to focus instead on who will have the healthiest, happiest and most sustainable economy. Finland topped the 2019 World Happiness Report. Perhaps uh, we should take a page from their book Probably, you know, because I don't know, like studies just still say, say something, don't they? The EU, as people also say, will have free societies, as Frank Miller says, and the 200 years of Western economic dominance in the 19th and 20th century will be seen as a short-lived historical anomaly. The early years of industrial revolution dwarfed by later growth and change. The economic center of gravity of the world will shift back and go even further east and south, as I've been stating before. It's going to be, I think, 
Africa and Asia as, yeah, as continents, I'd say. The economic center of gravity of the world will shift back and go even further east and south. A demographic destiny, insurgent entrepreneurship plus multi-decade investments in technology will place China and India once again as the largest national economies by some distance. For the same reason, challenger economies like Nigeria and Indonesia that are now underrated with loom large globally as immense engines of economic innovation and progress. Most nations, however, will be dwarfed by networks and corporate economic entities and so on and so on and so on. I'm not gonna always read the whole ones because I'm not such a great reader. And I'm seeing it right now as well. Like I am just really not a great reader. And it sometimes even hurts me as well to just see like that I'm such a bad reader, but it is what it is. Like, and as you can see on the very top of the page, there are also just four categories. The first one is editors pick picks, then experts, questions, and uh, themselves or themes. I'm sorry, what's about themes? Oh, I see. It is like sorted in, in, in such a way. And then we have experts, what they say. And then we have editors picks for the questions. But let's actually go through the questions. What kinds of companies will be the most important? Tech companies, green economy and healthcare. Companies that take leadership on the moral issues of our time, like climate change, immigration reform, racial justice, and the right of pregnant people to make their own decisions. Uh, those that create solutions to our greatest sustainability challenges, improving the quality of life of our people and the health of our environment. Companies that are behold not just to shareholders, but to their communities, the environment and their values. I'm not quite sure about the whole fact with environment and being just having a company that is like not hurting the whole planet just every single second it is running basically i'm really not quite sure about that because there's still just a lot a lot a lot a lot of people that really don't give a fuck about that and so i don't know like of course if there's gonna be the demand and then it just i think it reveals just a really 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 important point which is being customer centric this is kind of the only reason why amazon is doing so great because it is fucking customer and consumer and audience centric when the audience just wants something or when the customer wants something, then fucking Amazon is going to provide that because they understood that it just is because of the customer. Their economic growth is just because of the fucking customer. And if the customer is happy, then of course the company is going to grow. And that's quite it. And I do not even think that it is something just really difficult to understand. And it might be the case that there is going to be a lot of issues with shareholders and all those things in other companies that are not doing so. Because I don't know. I don't know. Like it is always a little bit surprising when really big companies actually listen to the people that consume their products. Whether it be Apple, whether it be the new Sonic movie that really was shit. At least that's some other people's points of view. Like, really, not in my point of view. I have to say, like, I've enjoyed the fact that they wanted to try something out, something new. And I don't know, it backfired, obviously, and, and everything was shit and everything was shitty in the end. But they tried something out and then they solved the whole thing because they were listening to the fucking community and the audience that is consuming their product. Whether it is a movie whether it is some voice devices, whether it is something else, and listening to the community and listening to the people that are actually consuming your stuff or using your stuff, even if it is also a service, is just crucial, I think. It really is. Somebody else says, uh, data and data analytics companies, for quite a number of years, people have been saying that data is the new oil. And I agree. In order for businesses and countries to grow and thrive, they will need to collect and analyze more data to optimize performance, which is going back to and I'm very sorry to not showing you, which is 
basically going back to being consumer-centric. Because if you're just collecting a lot of data, if you're analyzing the data afterwards, it is data of your customers, basically. Which leads you to understanding your customers better, which leads you to basically, you know, not necessarily because it still depends on your execution, on the data that, that you're actually having. But if you have the data, you basically could just do whatever the fucking customer wants. Because you understand him or her, you understand the target audience, you understand this group of people, what they like to have, what they don't like to have, what their values are, what their demographics are, what their psychographics are, and all those things. Um, but as I said, it really comes up to how you're executing on that. If you're executing very poorly on that, then of course, the reward is not going to be as big as when you would be executing on it just on a really, really, really great and maybe even high level. Then renewable energy, the earth is deteriorating at an alarming rate. A major cause of deteriorating is human consumption. We need to improve and further develop renewable source of, uh, sources of income and food. Innovation will be needed to create more food solutions that provide adequate nutrients. I'm not quite, I really am not quite sure about it. I really don't think that it is about nutrients. Like in the end, it's just going to be some... Yeah, in the end, it's just actually going to be some some products or some things, some some food, basically, yeah, that is like, I don't know, like it is synthetically kind of prepared so that you actually can just consume more nutrients than normally, but actually just consuming a paprika fucking day uh, will do it for your vitamin C, for example, and all those things. Like, I think the problem is, most often that a lot of, and I don't actually know why it is so big today. That's what she said. No, the, the thing is, eating healthy isn't really that easy. Well, it's not easy, but it is really simple. Of course, I can understand why such a lot of people are not consuming just really a lot of healthy shit all day fucking long. Because the unhealthy shit just tastes fucking good. And just guess why it's tasting fucking good. Just because they want you to fucking consume that but on the other hand, it is like, I don't know, like there's such a lot of tasty things that are just also really, really, really healthy as well. Let's say fruits in general. I do think that the majority of the people on the planet just really enjoy fruits. And they're not even that expensive though, you know? It's like often one of the, the bigger arguments or one of the bigger points is that healthy eating is really expensive and healthy eating is just costing a lot of fucking money and healthy eating is just really compared to, for example, McDonald's and all those things, really, really expensive. And I wouldn't necessarily say so. You know, it still depends on what you're buying. It still depends on what you're consuming. And it still depends on where you're buying stuff. Of course, if you're going to buy your stuff at a fucking premium shop, it's going to be fucking expensive. But yeah, you know, let's actually move on with a few other questions. What will cause the biggest conflicts? Resources. I say so as well. Well, what if I just go through Richard Florida and what he thinks? Um, how will people earn a living? Uh, what we know, what we now think of as work will disappear. People will work more, but in shorter formal hours. Part of it will be creative and knowledge-based work, but a big part will come from what we think of as leisure. I really like the thing or the way he's thinking about things because, yeah. Playing video games, we always thought it is leisure, and now we are actually having fucking esports, and it is amazing. And you can make a fucking bunch of money with doing esports, and it is nice. It really is. But let's actually see what he's also talking about there. So, how will people earn a living? Uh, what we know, think of us, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's that. I see. Uh, what will we eat? 
less meat, more vegetables, health and wellness will be a way of life. And how will we die? We will, life, we will live longer. We will also hopefully figure out how to die better. Probably, I guess. What forms of transportation will we use? Our feet and bicycles mostly. We will, we will live closer to where we work. Cars will be obsolete. Or obsolete. Planes and trains will be faster. Especially, I think, trains. Maybe even so that a lot of planes are going to be trans actually replaced. But I'm not quite sure about that since... Like, it's, it's, it's definitely difficult to say because, like, I don't know, like, of course you just have to build uh, the tracks for the trains and whatnot and the railway stations and all those things. But you also just, on the other hand, need to coordinate all the planes flying around. I don't know, like, I'm still really looking forward to my flying cars. I don't really think that this is going to be... Uh, well, it could be a case in my lifetime, but I'm not quite sure about that. Like, fortunately, really fortunately, and this is something that I'm really appreciating and also talking about relatively often, to be honest, I'm really young. I'm 18 years old and I'm really fucking young. And this is one of the best things basically about my life, kinda. Just besides the podcast thing and whatsoever, which is also something that I really fucking enjoy. And, and also just the people around me. Like, there's actually a lot of things that I enjoy about my life. Like, But the thing is, it, it really is great that I'm really young because I'm gonna see a lot of things in the future. And I'm also gonna be able to just, I don't know, like, I really am looking forward to the future and I really am looking forward to just seeing what's going on there, especially tech-wise. I'm really interested in tech and I'm really interested in seeing new things and seeing new things being made, things being... Um, developed and all those things it's going to be really amazing i really think so because there's going to be quite a lot of change so what will cities be like bigger and better structured uh, around mega regions like the boston new york washington corridor some of these will grow to be more than 100 million people these mega regions not nations will be the economic and political axis on which the world turns what will our borders be like it will be easier to cross them than it is now. The rise of cities and mega-regions will reduce the power of nations. Which is probably one of the best things, isn't it? Like, there's a lot of power in nations. What will our most vulnerable, valuable resource be? Our human creativity. So maybe you actually have to change up your job. Maybe if you're working on something like constructions and, and all those things, it's probably going to be replaced by, uh, by, by cyborgs or robots or some other... Um, mechanical things down the road like I think so I really think so and this, this I'm not the only person that's talking about that and it, I'm not really only the person I'm not really the only person that's also suggesting people that are literally just doing a task for example editing my fucking video is something that a fucking computer could also do recording this is something that no computer could be doing like of course a computer might know everything about anything but it's not a human being you know all the just logistical things they can be done by a fucking computer very easily and uh, I think very efficiently as well. But it's it's not going to be... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if... Well, yeah, I don't know. If I would be a computer or a cyborg or some kind of these things, I don't know, it could still be a great episode. I, <laughs> I really think so. Like it could really indeed be still quite a good, ep a good, good podcast as well. But let's actually uh, search for kind of the last one. Will our world be more equal or less equal. More equal, as Richard Florida says, our cities will be leading an effort toward more shared and inclusive prosperity. What technology will bring about the what uh, what technology will bring about the biggest change in society? How to deal with the extension of human life? 
And that's going to be really interesting. You know, that's going to be really something I'm also looking forward to. You know, it's just going to be amazing. It's just going to be a pretty nice thing. But I guess this is just going to be the end of the episode. I, I wish you the best health of happiness and all success. And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, which basically means being a nice person and then also being remembered as a nice person. I'm having three other questions for you, which are why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is supporting you the most? And these three questions are hopefully going to show you a purpose and maybe even a business idea since a lot of companies started out with solving something that really pissed them off in the first place. And I don't know why my voice is so fucked, but yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna see you the next time, I at least hope. And thanks a lot for watching and or listening or whatever. I really do appreciate that. I see you.